Hey, everybody. This is Chris at Can We Be Real? Episode or hey, eight. Eight episodes? That's crazy. New beginnings. New beginnings. So, I'm excited. Uh, let me go ahead and give you the coffee cup of the day because this is my favorite so far. <laughs> um, Rody goes, I've got a coffee cup for you. And I was like, sweet. And he said, it kind of looks like the one that if Jesus drank from a coffee cup, <laughs> this is what it would look like. So, Rody, shout out to you if you want to showcase your coffee cup. <laughs> Send it to me. We'll get you going. As you all know, Madre's at the table. Madre, say hello. Hello, everybody. So, and then next up is uh, a relationship that kind of started just through happenstance. It's actually grown into a pretty good friendship. So, no Rashad, introduce yourself. <clears throat> uh, hey, everybody. My name is Rashad Tobert. Uh, I'm a senior at Texas Lutheran University. There you go. So, tell us. <clears throat> so, g- give us give us a few things about Rashad that, that you know, you... you do you still play football? Or you no, no I don't play football okay. anymore. He, but he did play football at TLU, though. All right. What yeah. position were you? I play linebacker. Who? Okay. All right. <laughs> Headhunter. Hey. Yeah, of course. Okay. So where are you from originally? Uh, Van Vleck. Uh, v- no clue where that's at. Yeah, nobody does. <laughs> I, I've been missing one to do. Uh, V-A-N space V-L-E-C-K. Okay. It's uh, around Matagorda, Matagorda County, Victoria, Swinney. Okay. Bay City. Gotcha. Got me then. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 <laughs> I, got see, I just keep throwing you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, no. I see I'm from Alabama. So I'm like, I'm looking for the big cities. I'm like, you know, hey, I'm an hour from here or whatever. Gotcha. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, population is, uh, I think now we're at 1400. So small, small Ooh. town. It's kind of like, what town did you grow up in that was really, really small? Senton. I was born in Senton, so that was is pretty that small. Yeah, that's that's down by Corpus Christi. But okay. I lived third grade in Victoria, so, but I don't remember Van Vleck. Vleck? <laughs> yes, I ma'am. don't remember that. What in the world would the mascot be in Van Vleck? Oh, uh, we leopards. Leopards. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. They don't know how it happens, but, but I have big. a lot of pride in it. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> And then shout out, you know, you um, t- tell us what, what church you go to. Oh, I go to New St. James. My pastor is uh, Reverend A.J. Malone. Hey, there yes. we go. There we go. Pastor Malone. Uh, he came and helped us out with an event downtown and, and got to come and, and pray with us. It was really good. Yeah. Yes. I was sad I didn't get to make it, but I heard it was beautiful. We're going to have another yes. one. We got one coming up. So yeah. so um, tell us a little bit. I, I You know, we, we want to get to know you, too. You know, any chance we get an opportunity to come out. If you had to explain who you are, mm-hmm. I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, <laughs> give, give me some, give me some things about you that really make you who you are. Uh, I mean, some things I'm still learning. I'm only 21, of course. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> I say the big things about me is I'm I'm real big on community, mm-hmm. and you know, trying to have some kind of role model being I've mentor. Seen that. Yeah. Because yeah, growing up, I didn't have much of a, <clears throat> I didn't have many people to look up to. And so I think my life was going at like a really, really bad part. And I met one of my teammates and in order to be friends with him, I had to clean up my act because I was bad. Wait, so he put a, he said, you ain't chilling with me unless. Oh, it was his, his dad. Cause he was, oh, his dad was the coach. Oh, okay. His dad was the coach. <clears throat> I wanted to be friends with him in order to be friends with him. I couldn't be doing the things I was doing. Oh, I got you. So I was trying to clean up so I could be friends with him. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so then eventually it all worked well. Me and him still best friends. I do practically save my life, to be honest with so you. So you probably wouldn't be sitting at this table. No, nah, I would be doing anything. <laughs> <if it were. laughs> 
I wasn't thinking about college or nothing till I met him. Yeah, that's my bro. Shout out Kobe. Uh, yeah. You know what's powerful about that is this, is that a lot of times we, we just sit there and think, well, I, I'm not that important. Every person that you now ever minister to reach, every one of them will have the fingerprint of Kobe on their life. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And he doesn't have to meet them. Mm-mm. Every yeah. person I ever minister to will have the fingerprint of Lane and Pamela Dietz on their life. Doesn't matter if they ever get to meet them. Mm-hmm. They'll always have the fingerprint, right? Everybody, anyone Jorge ever gets to speak to, I, I, my fingerprint will be there. And hey, don't be afraid, man. You got to tighten that up. Do what you got to do. It's okay, good. Y'all yeah. don't know how to work that at all. No, you good. We'll, we'll make it work. What you need to hire, lower, what's going on? I'm just trying to mess with it. Oh, you good then? Okay, you I'm good. I'm still trying to figure it out. Oh, that's right. Hey, you good. Um, okay, I like that. So so Kobe's has a a, a big part of your life. Yeah. Gotcha. Was he from your hometown? Yes, ma'am. That's He's from my hometown. That's where you met him? Mm-hmm. And his dad was the high school coach? Uh, his dad was actually the athletic director. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And he made you line it up straight. Yeah. Did dad have a conversation with you? Did Kobe tell you, hey, man? Uh, no, nah, dad never had a conversation with me. It was just like a... So he was willing enough to sit there and say, "Hey, man, this is the way my dad is." Uh, no, I wasn't. He was just honest with me. He used to be like, "I'm not gonna be hanging out with you if you doing all that." My parents don't, you don't I like have that. So much respect for that. Yeah, no, he was straight up. And whenever I want to go places with him in public, certain places, he'd be like, "I could, like I know he wouldn't tell me no, but I can just tell it was just like, nah, you're not there yet. That's a bad reputation for him to be having." Size, I got to clean my stuff. I up. need to meet Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody needs a Kobe in their life. Hey, for real, man, that's powerful. We need to have Kobe on the podcast. <laughs> um, so it's funny though; he's actually younger than me too. Wow. Really, he's a whole grade behind me. Yeah, no way. Yeah, where does he go to school now? Uh, he's in Austin. Is he UT. in Austin? Oh, is he UT? Yeah. What is he studying? Uh, Do you know. I don't know. Don't know. I don't know. I, I think he, he changed it, but yeah. That's really good. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. That could preach right there. That could say a huge <laughs> message right there. Absolutely. Man, we got too many kids out there afraid to stand alone, and Kobe's telling friends, "I can't chill with you unless." Yeah, no. Nah. You know, and the been mark of up. his parents, you know, that they could have so much influence on his life, and he have so much honor and respect for them. Mm. That's beautiful. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. So and they never treated me bad. Like, even when I was acting crazy, they never really? treated me bad. It was just that, like, once I started acting uh, right, it was just like a, he's getting it. So now he deserves to, I guess not deserves, but, like, yeah, I don't know. But, like, he's getting it. So we need to let him know that, show him some kind of way that you're getting it. Wow. Yeah. So you would go over to their house <laughs> and we'd be over there all the time kind of thing or no? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I would go over there. Stay at night. Sometimes I stay at night. Sometimes I just be there till about two in the morning. Is what was it about <clears throat> Kobe and his family that was drawing you, Rashad? Uh, and I guess a couple of things. I know for for one thing, it was just that like <clears throat> they had a uh, they had a healthy his parents had a healthy relationship. Wow! And so like. Mm-hmm. In my eyes, they were successful because, like, the dad was the athletic director and the mom was, uh, I might get her position wrong, but she was somewhere in, like, the administration, I believe. Okay. So, in my head, that was like, what? 
you know, this is crazy. A, a, a black couple that's being, you know, successful. That's amazing. I love yeah. it. And then his dad played pro football. Of course, okay. in high school, I was like. I mean, hey, come on now. That's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So oh, just, wow. just little, little things like that. Yeah. And then they introduced me into like college. So that what wasn't college, even on your scope. Like you nah, saying. I was, I didn't even know what I was going to be doing. I was like, I'm going to play football. I graduate. I'll probably like go to the plant or something. And then oh, they were wow. like, you ready to go to college? And I was like, college. <laughs> and then, yeah, they started showing me the, like, PV, uh, A&M Commerce. Okay. You know, different different yeah, colleges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as I got smarter and I got a better reputation, then I got to be more involved with different little programs on campus. So then I went to college visits, and I was like, yeah, I got to go to college for sure. Wow. I got to get out of this place. That is, that is so powerful, man. Kobe, we're gonna have to talk. I'm just saying, <laughs> we're gonna have to talk to Kobe. That would be a fun podcast to have both of them here. Absolutely. To talk, man. We're gonna have to set that yes. up. Yes. There's some funny stories, man. I bet. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. Oh man. Well, so the reason this podcast even started. Oh, and hey, before we start, tell them uh, you have a podcast. Yeah, I do. Tell us about it. Uh, I have a podcast called Learning Boldly. Uh huh. Um, <clears throat> it's me and three other hosts. Yeah. Uh, we talk about you know social issues that need some addressing. Have those difficult conversations. Yeah. Uh, we mostly talk about it in the TOU community. For sure, yeah. We're going to the Seguin community. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my big purposes, our plans in it, is to build a bridge between alumni, black alumni, and students on campus. It's powerful. So. So that yeah. is that is really really cool. You that you guys got to check it out. I've already listened to. I've already I've already been listening to it. You guys have. <laughs> they they've done it different. Jorge. they recorded all their episodes already, and they just already put it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> we do it the opposite. <laughs> what you really this this uh stuff. the next episode you got to hear is with uh, Miss Barbara Ewing. Really? Yeah. Oh, she I'm was the uh, first black graduate at TLU. Oh my goodness! Isn't that powerful? That's, That's powerful. It's a powerful conversation. I'm excited mm, about that. Mm, mm. That's gonna be fun, no doubt. So, so our conversation. <clears throat> he saw the com- he saw the podcast um, with Chelsea and I, mm, uh, and about couples and relationships. Mm-hmm. And it kind of tied back into you were like, man, a young couple. Yeah, you know, it's different because most of the time you're not seeing couples thrive the way my wife and I, especially at our age. You know, mm-hmm. you don't see it too much. And we began a conversation, and then we started talking about, and you told me a story, and we, we got on the subject of money. And, and <laughs> I want you to tell, I want, I want, I want you to hear the story okay. about when you first came and about the gas money. Do you remember what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so uh, tell us the story. Let's see. I guess when I, when I first started making money, mm-hmm. uh, to me it was a lot. To others it was chump change, which I didn't know at the time. And so whenever I'd go out with them and they'd say like, if you're going, what else you got to put in for gas? Gas money. And I'd be like, cool, I can do that. How much are you talking? And they'd be like, uh, $20 from like here to Walmart. <laughs> from TLU <laughs> to Walmart, 20 bucks in gas. And I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't know. I you wasn't, didn't know. So you weren't going to cause waves. You were just like, hey, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't usually, you know, I don't know how money. Yeah, so I was just like. Everybody giving 20, I guess it's 20. As I got older and I started learning, I was like, Anybody man. want, you want me to give you rides? <laughs> $20 a pop in the car. I hey. said, man, they scamming me. 
<laughs> All right, so you didn't know though. No, I didn't no know. Okay, and then it would be a car full. It'd be like more than five people. So he's making a hundred dollars, and I think mine hit the hardest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, and then you guys went out to eat, mm-hmm. and then yeah. they were tipping. Yeah, tipping. Uh, they'd be tipping like ten, ten each, five to ten each on a burger. Yeah. Whoa, and. Yeah, I barely had enough to pay for the burger. Uh-huh. And so I'd just be like, oh, I'm going to just leave a little change. That's all the tip I got. Or sometimes I'd be, I'd leave a big amount just like them. But it just hurt me more, of course. Well, no doubt. Sure. Yeah. And wh- what made you realize that that wasn't the way it should have been? Who was it you were talking to? Uh, you were my like, boss. Yeah. My current boss right now. Uh, she had a, a financial aid module. It was called, like, How to Be a Millionaire, something like that. Yeah. And so uh, I think every... Every uh, session of a class, I'd fill up the paper she'd hand out just with different type of notes. Oh, wow. And one day she pulled me to the side and she's like, you know, we got we to gotta sit down and talk. So she's been like one of my mentors, my main mentors as I've been in college. He was like, I, I don't Beautiful. have much money. And she's like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, I gave $20 in gas. She goes, $20 yeah, she- in gas? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I gave a $10 tip. $10 tip for a burger. Yeah, she she almost cho- uh, chewed me up. She's like a mother to me. That's good. She Beautiful. is a mother to me. That's My wife so and I she- had the same type of conversation. Yeah. Because I was like, hey, I want to have a house. You know, maybe one day. I didn't even think about it. No, 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 let me fix it. She wanted to have a house. And I was like, oh, we'll see. I was already ready to just rent my whole life, you know, because that's what I thought. I'll yeah. just be good. And she said, no, we want to have a house. And finally, they came around. I said, "Fine." She was like, "Well, we got to talk about budget." I said, "No more." And you and I were talking about this. Yeah, we were I said uh, eighty thousand to a hundred thousand. And she goes, "I was like, oh, is that too much?" I apologize. Yeah. And she goes, "Chris, have you seen what an eighty thousand dollar house looks like?" And I was like, "No." I mean, I'm, I'm thinking like you and I talked about this. <laughs> we're thinking like, bang bang, right? Yeah, no doubt. We had that talk. And yeah. then I started pulling up houses that were 80. And he was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Two of these don't match. Like, but I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that. Yeah. And it took her years to get me past that. Yeah. I mean, years to get me past that. Because I didn't understand what money, how it really yeah. operated totally. Mm-hmm. It was a struggle. Mm-hmm. And, like, and if you have a poverty mentality, you know, if you've grown up poor that can really affect your mentality, the way you think, and it's hard to shake overnight. Yeah. You have to no have doubt. a mentor, someone to teach you and share life's truths with you, you know, mm-hmm. to help you out of that. No doubt. But, yeah, and, like, even even still today, every time I think your name, I think about that conversation. Yeah. And I'm still trying to understand it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can't because I still haven't made enough money to even know no doubt. what it feels like to... I, you know, it, to have that money, I pay all these bills and still have the money. So I was just like, I, I just, that's a lot of money. That's about all I know. Then all of a sudden you start looking at houses like in certain areas and then it depends. Mm-hmm. Like when, you know, we, we just built our very first house. Mm-hmm. One city, you're getting half the house that we got. You go to another city, you got double the house we got. So it's not just that how much you have. It's where you build that house. Mm-hmm. Then it's, and it's language I never understood. Yeah, it's it, it reminds me even to the language of, you know, relationships. The first time I think I told this in the last podcast, when Chelsea and I got into our first argument, I was like, well, I guess this is it. And she's like, what are you talking about? I said, well, <laughs> you know, first argument that ends a relationship. Goes, she's like, that's stupid. You're in the car with me. Quit. Oh, OK. Because <laughs> you know, in my mind, I was thinking that was going to be it. 
But we've had the same conversation when it comes to money. Money is a topic that many times we're not teaching people what it is to how to handle money. Mm-hmm. What yeah. about you, Madre? What was your history of understanding money? What was it? Learning it? Did you always understand it? No, I grew up poor too. And I can tell y'all the first time I remember or figured out that I was poor, it was in second grade. And I really didn't know it up until then. And I asked my mom for 25 cents because I wanted to buy the lunch at school. And she went through the couch and through the car seats. And she said, well, you know, we don't have 25 cents, so I'm going to make you a lunch today. And I was walking to second grade with my little lunch sack, and I was thinking, my God, we're poor people, and I didn't know that. You know, it's a hard reality for a second yeah. grader, but, you know, it's relative. <laughs> it um, is. And it's just taken me a long time to learn the language, and I still don't know all that I want to know, yeah. but I feel like um, – I know a lot more than I did, you know, back then, but I'm still, there's more to learn. I heard a guy last week say, if you're trying to save and save enough to be wealthy, he said, you're making a mistake. You've got to earn money to be wealthy. You need to be thinking of extra income. Mm -hmm. How can you have extra income outside of what you earn Mm. toward what you want to retire with? And so there's always something new to learn, you know. It is. And and it's and the problem is is this one of my things was I can remember I'm not even proud of this but it was just I remember I would buy a gun or I'd buy a PlayStation and I would buy this stuff because we had money yeah and this is me being married with kids and all of a sudden the money run out and I'd have to sell the PlayStation I'd have to sell the gun I'd have to sell these things and it was always be like hey man just kind of run it I don't play it that much anyway no I played that thing all the time yeah but I needed the money yeah but it's because I had to unlearn certain problems and it took me time to unlearn that do you think sometimes it factors into worthiness did y'all ever feel like you weren't worthy of wealth maybe Mm. I struggled with that you know um Mm. there was a time I it was like well other people deserve to be wealthy or have financial freedom but I didn't feel like I was worthy to and sometimes when you're in the ministry people expect you to be poor you know Mm. well you know you're in the ministry you need to understand poverty mentality you need to be down there so it was a real there was a a lot of struggle in that area for me I used to struggle like I had a dream and I and like my dream is I want to give away a car Mm. I want to give away a house that's my dream you can't give away a car unless you have the car. Yeah. It's not More like, than hey, one man, car. you know what? Rashad, I'm glad you're here. I want to bless you with a phone. Listen. Hey, cause <laughs> <laughs> nothing. That's her phone. Right? It, I can't give it away unless I have it. Yeah. I can't give away a house unless I have it. So it's understanding. I struggled with that. I didn't want those things because I was afraid as a pastor. People would think, you know, I was always nervous of what vehicle I would have. I was averse what house I would have because I would think, people would be looking at me wrong and looking at me sideways, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I never want to learn, forget the lessons that I learned in the struggle growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we went through a lot of things. Mm-hmm. My mom got divorced. My mom went, I can remember there was a good little section of time in my life. You know, I started working young. I was working mm-hmm. at Outback like at 12, you know. I remember rolling silverware in the back, you know. But... I remember my mom, when she worked at Outback, she had to be there early to late. There's days and weeks I didn't get to see her. Mm-hmm. She'd be gone. 
all the time. And then she'd be traveling around doing work for like that. And that's all I knew. And I just saw her tired. I was like, man, I'd like to just spend time. And I was like, man, I want to be able to work in a way that if I hang out with my kids, I can hang out with my kids. Right. Mm -hmm. And those are the kind of like, so I've changed the way I thought of wealth. Mm -hmm. Wealth to me is not just the stuff I have. Exactly. Wealth is the, the how much I own of my time. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's not just the fact I can say how many cars I have in the parking lot. Wealth to me is now I have I have set myself up in a way to where with my bills paid and stuff like that, if my daughter has a game, I can go to it. Yeah. And I'm not fretting. Mm -hmm. Like that's wealth to me. Yeah. I was going to say for the longest, I didn't even know I was poor. Yeah. yeah. Just because, like, I don't think I realized it till eighth grade. Uh, really? But I, I'll tell that story later. But uh, it was just because, like, <clears throat> my mom and my dad, they'd have, like, 20 different kind of odd jobs, you know, just so mm -hmm. everybody can make it. Like, yeah. my mom and dad, they weren't, they didn't have the strongest relationship, but they was like, nah, as far as somebody not eating all the time. They go, somebody's going, we're going to eat. Yeah, we're going to do something. So something's always going to be done. And then, like, my mom, she'd be good about <clears throat> no matter what, what she was doing with her little jobs from three to about five. That was, like, our time. Wow. So she like, made sure. Yeah, so, like, three, around three, I, like, get off the bus. And me and my little brother get off the bus or something. Yeah. We go to the house. We'll be my mama. Even if we don't say nothing. It's like, uh, <clears throat> what shows would come on? Like, Mari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The after school shows. Yeah, 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 yeah. All those would be on. And then eventually, uh, eventually something happened with the cable. So we got more shows. We had like uh, Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like that three to five was like, all right, this is, this is, it's family time. But we just saw it as like, me and my little brother just like, ah, oh, this is boring. But to wow. us also, it was just like, it's family time. So we didn't really feel like we was poor. And when I got to like eighth grade, then I realized what exactly I was going through. So, yeah. That's just, wild. Like I can, you know, I, I can remember those times that I always say, a, you know, a story of, you know, my mom. My mom had a very magic <coughs> way of letting us know we didn't have the struggle as bad as we had the struggle. Yeah. Like, my mom was like, tonight we're having hors d'oeuvres. I was like, hors d'oeuvres? It was lunch, meat, and crackers. Uh -huh. That's all we had. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I was thinking, <laughs> this is cool, man. We're eating in the living room, sitting on the floor. And But she had a great way. And, man, she would go without at all times just to bless us, mm -hmm. give us a present yeah. to do that. And I was like, man, mom, you know, you're, you're breaking your back. What do you – and so – I knew I needed to learn the language of money because I didn't want money to control me. You know, I didn't want to sit there and, 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 but I also didn't want debt to control me. I didn't want to, I didn't want those things to control me because I've seen that happen all the time. Oh, yeah. I've seen men break their back to run a company and they're not even a family. They're not a family in the house that they just built. You know, all they're doing is just supplying, but they're not a dad there. And I respect that about your mom that said, man, this is family time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember, and even like at, at odd times, like sometimes we, we wouldn't have food to eat. We'd just be drinking water, watching Jerry Springer, something like that. And it was just like, a, hey, you know, we got each other. At least we got each other. Wow. Sometimes the lights wouldn't be, and we'd just be like jo making jokes in the dark and, you know, like stuff like that. So I never felt really, I just thought, I honestly thought, Every family went through it all. 
I was like, this that's, is that's just a normal thing. Wow. Hand me downs. I was like, this is that's how. Yes, that's how it goes. You get older, your older sibling, uh huh, cousin, uncle, whatever it be, they give you clothes. Mm-hmm. That's how every. That's how life is. Uh-huh. And then as I got older, then you start to understand. People started having like Nike, Jordan, and I was like, I'm people ain't hand this down. Right. <laughs> you know what bothers me? Can I say what bothers me real fast? This bothers me so bad. Why couldn't when I was, if you wore faded glory, <laughs> you got made fun of. Yeah, everybody wears that stuff now. Or the polo, the polo uh, ass, and with the two little horses. With the two, yeah, exactly. My Adidas had four stripes. My Adidas didn't have three stripes. My had four stripes. Yeah, I was like, hey, what's going on? And they were like, Chris, <laughs> what's going on with your shoes? And I was just like, what do you mean? Yeah. They were the shell toes. I thought we couldn't afford the shell toe Adidas's. We had the Payless Adidas's. <laughs> four stripes. Like champion, everybody's like, oh, champion. Champion used to be cheap clothes. <laughs> champion used to be nothing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like Air Force Ones, hold up. Like, <laughs> you, you didn't have to, <laughs> like, you know, now they're all like, anybody could wear all the, any kind of stuff. That wasn't the way. Like, yeah, you had no the doubt. brands and stuff like that. Man, these kids don't realize how good they have it. Yeah. I was rocking South Pole. South Pole. And it was because they, they made, to me, they made clothes that were better for bigger bigger people yeah so i felt more comfortable in south pole i was south pole from like my head, head to, to my oh, yeah. and i was like i was loyal to it <laughs> so everybody be in the nikes and the jordans and you i'm in my south, south pole. pole and they're like Man. why are you always in south pole i'm like uh, i live on the south side of basically yeah, 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 yeah. i was like this is just what it is this is what it is <laughs> Man, back in the day when fubu was a thing you know fubu was like man the clothes to wear yeah you know? but see i think that these are the conversations so this is what i would ask you I don't want my kids to taste the struggle that I tasted, mm-hmm. but I want them to learn the lessons that the struggle t- taught me. Yeah. What yeah. lessons do you dream for your grandkids to learn? Cause you know, let's even go to your grandkids that you teach mm-hmm. and what lessons do you want your kids to learn that you don't want them to go through? What are some things that you want them to learn? Mm. Mm. What do y'all think? I want them to be able to uh, be comfortable being with each other. Like even whenever, wow. whenever we was in the dark, making jokes, laughing, you, you know, together. me and my little brothers trying to find each other. You know, I want them to be able to do that without the lights having to be off to, to do that. Things That's like powerful. that. Yeah. What about you, Madre? Well, this is gonna. I hope I don't sound like I'm bragging, but <laughs> I really think my grandchildren have already learned this, and I hope I don't cry. I'm gonna try to fan my eyes. I think gratitude is everything. And even though my grandchildren have a lot more than a lot of kids do because they think I'm honey claws, you know, (laughs) they never ask too much. They'll tell me what they're looking for, but they're so grateful. They're so grateful for the little bitty things. If I get them a toy at the dollar store, oh, honey, thank you so much. And they're always saying, is that too much money, honey? You know, is that... Or if I take them on a shopping trip for school clothes, Mm -hmm. they're very aware of how much I've spent already that day. And so uh, to me, that's they're not spoiled because they are grateful. And I think that gratitude will get you everywhere in life, everywhere. So I don't know how. You, you all, or we instilled it in them so young, but I see that in all three wow. of them. So I'm so thankful that they're that way. I still remember, and I'll always, this story will go down with me for the rest of my life. I was in youth, 
And, you know, we we had our struggles, you know, but I smile on my face. We always wanted to, you know. And the, the McLean family, Miss Vicky came in. And, uh, no, McCain, sorry, not my, there's no L, McCain, Vicky McCain. She comes in and she called me and my friend. She goes, hey, come here real quick. And so she goes, I wanted to bless you with something. And it was Aeropostale. I was like, yeah. okay. <laughs> I went to that store that day, you know. And I, I went and I saw all the clothes. I said, but if I go to the clearance rack, I can get a full outfit for the same cost. Well, it was summer. So all the clearance stuff was sweatpants <laughs> and sweatshirts in the Alabama heat. I didn't care. I had a gray with yellow stripe whole outfit. And I was like, I'm going to an event this tonight. I'm wearing this. I put, <laughs> I started back then. Like, I like a shirt. I'm going to put it on in the car. I'm not going to wait till I get home. I was like, That's you know, I, I'm, I'm going to do it now. I got blessed. Terrence blessed me with a suit. I went to the store. I said, where's your bathroom? I'm going to put this on now. That's just, I'm going to do it. And I can remember going that night and I'm sweating. I'm pouring sweating, but I don't care. I think I look fly. She doesn't still realize. I think she does, but not to the depths of how much that blessed me. Yeah. Of always, to her it was 50 bucks. To me, it might have been five grand. Mm-hmm. Might as well be five million. Yeah. And to be able to bless and go back, and, and, and I want my children to know the joy that you feel about blessing a homeless person that doesn't have food. Mm-hmm. Going to bless somebody that doesn't have clothes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my dream. That's my goal. To bless mm-hmm. people in Thanksgiving. Like I was telling you, plates for Thanksgiving. They're like, what, what do we need to do? Nothing. Yeah. To remember that. Mm-hmm. That's worth its weight in gold. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like those are the things that, that I, I want my kids to know. Mm-hmm. Is, is to be able to, to give back. Because, man, you, it's just different. And they already do. When we're out somewhere in San Antonio, we see more homeless there, of course, than we do here in Seguin. They're always about it. Honey, can we give that man or can we give that woman? Can we go? You know, it's already instilled in them. Why do you think money is such a, a struggle for people to manage and for people to learn when they're growing up? Maybe even in our age. You know, I, I'm older, but it made me feel good to say our age. Um, <laughs> uh, it felt good for a hot second. Um, in our in our 20s and early 30s, um, why is it a struggle for us to learn money? Uh, I think it's because that's that's usually by the time it is your money and not like, you know, because before, like when whenever, of course, all my life I live with my mother and my grandmother. When I live with my grandmother, it was just kind of like, you want your phone bill paid? Mow the yard. Oh, you were working for it. it yeah. Was, yeah, so like I was always working for it. But I never I never saw the receipts or the money, the transactions. I just know like if I work for it, then uh, so you had no understanding of this many hours, this much time was worth correct. this much. And mm. whenever whenever I then I started making my own money. And I was just like, hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean I used to have a job where I was doing moonwalks. Yeah. And I used to make a lot of money. Didn't realize how much money I was making. And when I'd, I'd either spend it or, like, lose it or, you know, something like that. And I'd just be like, all right, it's just. You weren't used to having it, so it wasn't yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You didn't know I'm the value like, of what right, you cool. had. Yeah, so I think that's it. You don't you don't know until it's yours, until you got to pay bills. 
and you don't pay that bill and your Spotify don't work or, uh-huh. you, you know, whatever it is, you don't get that service and then you really start learning what wow. the money is. I think that's what it is. What do you think? What do you think? So, why, why is the struggle for younger generation to even learn? But we've seen it in older generation. Why do you think la- language of money is such a struggle for people? Well, I think it is a lot about what Rashad said. I think it's what age we're taught about it and how we're taught. Like in her in her way, your grandmother was teaching you, you know, that you work, that you earn, you make your way, you earn, mm-hmm. you earn a living. Maybe she didn't go to the detail, you know, to show you on paper. But I think that's kind of what it is. It's just that everybody's got a different view of it, you know, and it's who you learn it from and how they see it. Old school, Mm. we're a lot different. We are more that generation of, well, you earn it. If a man don't work, don't let him eat. You know, that's what I grew up hearing. Girl, you don't work, you ain't eating. And so, um, you know, it's, it depends on the generation that's taught us too. Yeah. Same. I remember one of my, my, one of my uncles, uh, one of his lessons that, that helped me out was just like, cause he didn't have that much money, but you, you couldn't tell just cause he was within everything. And so one day I talked to him and he's like, if you work, you just work your butt off. And then, you know, the, the rest will happen. Yeah. And I said, like, what do you mean? He's like, just work your butt off, create some kind of value. Yeah. He said, like, I don't, you know, I get my haircuts for free cause I'm cleaning up the barbershop. Oh, or, wow. You know, things like that. And I was mm-hmm. like, huh, okay. So that was one of the things I'm always like, if I don't have money, I'm at least do something. Yeah. I'm going to pull my weight somehow. That's yeah. amazing. You know, I, I think of one of the struggles that I've even had in the past and, and what that is, is discipline. Mm-hmm. And that immediate gratification is easy. That saving up is not so much, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like I was telling um, Presley this, I was like, Hey, uh, show me what you bought with your birthday money two years ago. And she said, Oh, I don't remember. Right. Yeah. And I said, now think if you were to save that up and bought one big thing, mm-hmm. you know, think about that. You were gratified for that small, that short amount of time. I get it. But what if you would have put that away, you know? And I told her, I said, you know, we've had a deal since she was in kindergarten. And I said, now listen, I'm not paying for your college. I told her, I said, you, you know, you, you your scholarship's going to pay for this college. You're not, you're going to work for it. I want you to know. Because I don't want you to be in this student debt, you know, for so long. I want to I want to go there. I said, but if you get a scholarship, I buy your car. Mm-hmm. I told her this since kindergarten. I said, if you get a scholarship mm-hmm. to school, I buy your car. And I said, but think about this. How much of a nicer car can you do if you begin to save now and you help me along with that later on? Mm-hmm. Now, it's hard for her little mind to get that. But now I've been like, hey, what do you want? What kind of car do you want? When I start investing those things into her and get her to dream those things mm-hmm. and that was hard for me because I wanted that immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. I wanted that new pair of shoes. Not knowing that new pair of shoes could have saved up to where I could have had maybe something. You know, the other shoes weren't that bad. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. knowing to, to work towards those things, mm-hmm. you know, to work. It, 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 and it's hard. It's, it's not easy. You no, know? it's not. I watched my grandparents. They were not wealthy people by any stretch of the measure, but they were the hardest working people I know they they passed on a tremendous work ethic. My mother had 43 years of perfect attendance with Southwestern Bell. 
I mean, you think about that. I saw her and my daddy go to work with the flu. We get impressed with kids doing that one year of school. She's 43 years. 43 nah, years. They didn't even know what to give her. It was so incredible at the end of that time. Like, what do we give this woman, you know, wow. for that kind of. So that's the kind of work ethic. And they saved up for everything and they paid cash for everything. So I think about all the interest I've paid in my lifetime <laughs> for cars and houses and stuff like that. I mean, it's. It's probably shameful what I've paid in interest, and they never paid a dime in interest, but they paid cash for their little truck or their little car or his little boat or their little house, you know. And they they lived a comfortable life, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't a wealthy life. But they owed no man nothing but to love him. They lived out that scripture. And, of course, they were tithers. I mean, I grew up from the time I remember anything I remember my grandmother giving me a dime, and then she showed me it was 10 pennies. And she said, now, Pamela, what part of that goes to Jesus? And I said, well, I don't know, Granny. And she said, you get all this, nine pennies, and poor little old Jesus only gets one. <laughs> Dang. She taught me about the tithe. You're weeping over 10 pennies. <laughs> yeah. Take them all, Jesus. <laughs> Let's give Jesus some more, Granny. But see, tithing was never a problem for me growing up all my life because I always felt like Jesus got the short end of the stick, you know. So that was their wow. that was their foundation. They tithed. They supported their pastors. They were the friend of the pastor. And then they paid cash for everything. Wow. What would be... Um say you're sitting at a table, let's say we had a, a group of young college students and they're like, give us some tips that we can to understand money, to grow money. What would be some tips you would give? I'll tell them one thing that my pastor taught me. He said, tithe to the Lord, give him your first fruits, honor the Lord with your the first of all that you earn. I mean, that's a good principle, you know, as if you're a Christian. And then the second thing he said is now give to yourself. He said, start your savings account and put 10% or whatever you can afford. Learn to live on the 80. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And it teaches you discipline too. You know, you can't go out and do what you want to and you don't touch it. He said, try not to touch it unless Mm -hmm. there's an emergency and then have an emergency fund, have a year's salary saved up so that if anything happened and the economy collapsed and you were out of a job for a year, you have that year's salary saved up. What's something you've learned? What would be some advice you'd give? Uh, I think that'd be the biggest one, that 80-20. That was was the one that shocked me. My boss taught me that in our module. She's like, 80% here, 20% here. So one of the wow. days I remember going into her office and I was like, all right, let's, let's try it. I was like, but I, only, I think at the time I was, I was making probably like $36 a paycheck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, hold on. This one. <laughs> but I was just like, I was like, hey, you know, let's yeah. just go for it. Let's, let's go for it. And I think after, after a while I started making, I started doing more hours, making more money. Yeah. Uh, I started working with her. And I forgot I had a whole 20% going to my bank that I wasn't touching. And so I think one day the bank had sent me something just like, I don't know if you forgot, but, you know, look at this. I looked at my account and I was like, where does this come from? (laughs) (laughs) And I went to my boss and she's like, that's your 20%, dude. What do you mean? And I was like, how long has it been? She's not that long. If you don't touch it, you just. That's powerful. So, yeah, just the discipline to do the 80-20. And I, I would go into what you just said. 
find someone that speaks money, that loves you enough, mm-hmm. that's not trying to steal from you, but will give you wise counsel. Right. That, yeah. Man, wise counsel is so much, so big. You know, I, I, I am the pastor I am today because of wise counsel. I'm mm-hmm. the father I am today because of wise counsel. You know, I go to people that understand that are not shocked by it, right? I don't need to go to somebody that doesn't own a house to ask them what it is to own a house. Mm-hmm. No offense. Like, I don't need to go to somebody. Let's let's talk about, I don't need to go to somebody that doesn't speak Spanish to learn Spanish. Mm-hmm. I don't need to go to somebody that doesn't speak. So I need to go to someone that speaks that. So mm-hmm. if I'm going to do that, I need to go to someone that speaks money to understand money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Because I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't bad with money. Yeah. Like, I understood money because yeah. I was like, whenever I go to the stores, I know how much certain things cost. Mm-hmm. And so I would be like, all right. Chips are like a 50 cents at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. all I need is 50 cents, uh-huh. a dollar, maybe $3 if I get two bag of chips and a drink to be happy. Yeah. Like, the rest of this money can just, you know, sit in the back. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like my whole mood. And when, when I came to college, then it was just like different. Oh, wow. That was the first time people were like, this is the amount. And then after our, after when I got with her, or when I got with her. Well, see, look, so what, that's amazing. So your frame of reference was... Enough to buy chips and a drink. Yeah, because I knew what I wanted. Yeah. yeah. She started to show you how to build towards things you didn't know you wanted. Correct. Mm, that's good. Correct. That's you, good. Right? It's, the, I knew the thing I wanted. I mm. wanted a house to rent, right? I yeah. wanted enough to feed my family. And then I started showing people, what about the stuff you can't buy? Mm-hmm. What about the hours and the times that I didn't know I wanted? What about the things? I was talking to a young man just the other day, and him and his wife at our table. And we were talking about he's an amazing electrician. I mean, an air conditioner worker. Mm-hmm. And I said, what is success to you? I said, because to me, success is the fact that if my daughter has a game, I can literally go to the game. Like, that's success to me. That I could sit there and say, hey, I'm off today. I'm the pastor at the church. Mm-hmm. If I want to be off, I can be off. And I told him, I said, what would be better? Asking off or telling your business, hey, I'm not coming in today. I'm going to my kid's game. Well, it boils down to who's (laughs) got control of your life. Who's got control of your life. And that's the ultimate success is when we have control of our lives, not a corporation. I think that's that's what wealth as well. Yes. Not not having to own, but to be able to make that decision. I think that's that's the true meaning of wealth. It is. I agree. We've got to get it. It's not not owning 50 cars. It's Mm -hmm. being able to say... If I need to get a car, I can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I have the life. ability. Yes. I, I, I'm, in that, I'm in that position. I can do that. Mm-hmm. Right? If I wanted to bless somebody, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. my dream of wealth is to be able to hand somebody the keys to a house and say, here. Like, to be able to just know, to be able to have, because how much that would have blessed me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be able to walk someone into that. To, if someone gets in a car wreck and their insurance is not right and all this kind of stuff, and they're like, man, I got to get to work. I got you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll tell you this. When I first moved to Seguin, I did not have a vehicle. Mm. Didn't even have a place to sleep. I had to find people in church. So you guys kind of helped me out with that. Mm-hmm. Her aunt said, Chris, we're going to bless you. I said, okay. She said, we're going to go get you a truck. What do you mean going to go get me a truck? <laughs> yeah, I, that's unheard of. Brother, <laughs> she took me to a used car lot and got me a truck. The truck was $5,750. That was $5,750 I did not have. (laughs) Every missions trip I took to anywhere in the city to minister, every kid I took in that truck, 
home from youth, every job, was because she put that in my life. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like every bit. Remember we were talking about fingerprint? Every person I ever got to minister to in that vehicle was because she sowed that in my life. That's wealth. That's wealth when a young pastor comes to town that doesn't have anything and you go, here. That's Mm -hmm. wealth. And and she's not... She's not a millionaire. You know, no. we're not talking about Bill Gates or Oprah no, this was a giving a car away. You know, we're talking about just a person like us, you know, that we don't realize how powerfully we can be used. We don't have to get to a certain point of net worth to be able to give and to do, especially in the kingdom of God. You know, mm-hmm. you're not bound or limited by what the bottom line is. Mm-hmm. She stepped out and did that, and then God blessed her back. Yep. Just like we had a couple uh, when the church Oof, first started who um, she came a couple of times on a Wednesday night, and then a few weeks later they called us and asked us if we could come over to their house. They wanted to talk to us. Well, we'd never met him. We drive up to this big old pretty two-story home over here in a neighborhood in Seguin, and it was beautiful, and I'd always told the Lord, you know how you have silly things? I said, God, if I ever get a house, I want it to have a chandelier, and I want a jacuzzi tub. That's all I want, God. Just those two things. <laughs> That's all she wants. That's, That's all That's I want. it. <laughs> and so we walk in, and we walk into this foyer, and here's this big old drippy Julie chandelier, and I said, oh, wow. God, she got my chandelier. And then they gave us a tour of the house and it was just beautiful and um so we sat down to talk and um they said well the lord called us over here because we want to give you this house (laughs) and lane and i were going you know like what What? (laughs) and he was from east texas he pulled out his keys and he said now little darling i'm not kidding here's the keys to this house and this house belongs to y'all we can't sell it We've had it on the market for months, and we overbuilt in this neighborhood, and we want to go back to Houston, and y'all can have it. I'm telling yeah, you, <laughs> you think there's, okay, where's Candy Camera? Somebody, right, you know, that, we're, somebody's, uh, you know. I'm getting pranked. Yeah, I'm getting pranked. <laughs> this is rude, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's the craziest thing in the world, and it, it our, our kids had never lived in a house before. We'd always lived in little mobile homes. and But a few months later, <laughs> God said, we'd come in from a funeral. And I walked around the end of the bed to go change clothes, and God says, I want you to give me that house. And I said, I know that ain't you, God. <laughs> Devil, shut up. <laughs> and he said, I want you to give me that house. And Rashad, I just fell down on my knees at the end of the bed, and I just started weeping. And I wasn't weeping because I was sad. I was weeping because God trusted me to give away the best thing that ever had been given to us. And so he said, you could live in that house and four people could be really happy or you could give it away. And I promise you, you'll build a house where many people will come and be happy. Well, what kind of deal does that sound like to you? (laughs) And would you believe the feeling that we got when we gave that house away was better than when they gave it to us? Now, does that make sense in the natural? The natural mind wouldn't understand that, but it's it's a kingdom thing. It is more blessed to give than receive. Mm -hmm. 
And so you will give things away, but you got to start with giving a pair of shoes away before you give a car away. Yeah. You know, if we're faithful in the small things, when we get to that point where God's requiring us to give a house, then we've built up our faith to give it. Do you mind telling him what happened? Which part? What do you want me where to tell? Where that house went. Where it went? Yeah, because remember, with the funds from that house. Oh, where the funds yeah. went. Oh, the cool part is they were right. It had sat on the market for months and months and months, and nobody came to look at it because it was too expensive for Seguin. Mm -hmm. So we took our Wednesday night prayer warriors over. You know how those people are. they they in yeah. touch with Jesus. <laughs> and we got around that house, and we held hands, and we said, Lord, we give this house to you. Now you sell it. In two weeks, Rashad, we had a full price offer on that house. And what was so ironic, a lady that worked for the real estate company that had it listed bought it. So that house, we're, we're sitting or standing on the foundation. The sale of that house poured the foundation for this building and did some other things so too. The very concrete you're sitting on is because a man from East Texas and his wife gave a house to a couple yeah. who were willing to give it to God. That is crazy. You are one of the people that God said, if you give it to me, more people like you. Like, think about that. That's wealth. Yeah. You're sitting on the fruit of giving. You're sitting on the, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. Every person that ever finds Jesus in this building. Every person that ever comes and gets fed because they're hungry, everybody that comes and gets their electricity taken care of because they can't afford it is because someone was willing to give. Mm -hmm. And that's powerful. It's powerful. When you stop seeing money as a slave owner and you see them as a tool, mm -hmm. money's a tool. Yeah, mm -hmm. no doubt. It's just a tool. And it can either be a leash that leads you or it can be a, it, it can be a, a it, it can be a hammer that you can go through and break through walls to do things yeah. you dream of. It's mm -hmm. true. And I've I've been led by it before. Where you have to do certain things. You have to go. I see people online all the time. Oh man, if I didn't have to pay this bill, I would quit this job. Mm -hmm. Right? I don't want to always live there. Mm -mm. You know, but it, that you have to be willing to give. You have to be willing to bless. You have to be willing to get discipled. You have to be willing to be learned to discipline. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got to look more than just eating for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I need to be thinking about like the, how much of 20, what, what? Like that's mine. Yeah. And she's like, man, yes, it is. That's powerful. So you have to be tested. That's part of it. You have to be tested. So you could have said no to that. You know, you could have not seen it in your mind. You could mm -hmm. have not trusted her, but you tested her. And now you have a testimony. That's powerful. Yeah. So last thoughts. We're finishing about money. Last tip. Something you've learned in life. A tip that you can send the crowd away with. And when you talk about money, well, we can only just barely scratch the scratch of the surface. Give me a tip of somebody that, like, man, I want to learn what it is to walk in that. What would it be? Well, I'll, I'll throw it to, to Chelsea. I took Chelsea to lunch one day. I mean, not Chelsea, Presley. That's his oldest daughter. That's my oldest He's daughter. married to my daughter, Chelsea. Presley's their oldest, and I took her to lunch. And she said, um, honey, if I had a superpower, what would my superpower be? And I told her what I thought. She, she thinks deep, you know, even though she's a little kid, or she was then. And I said, well, what's my superpower, Presley? And she said, 
you would be generosity woman. Mm. And that's how I want to go down. I want to live a generous life. People may not think that I'm wealthy at the end of my life. And they may say, well, she died poor. But I want the people who love me and know me, who've come in contact with me, I want them to know that I lived a generous life. That's cool. So that's what I would encourage. I think there's so much power in generosity. You know, I've, I've worked for a lot of stingy people. I've, lo- I've worked for a lot of wealthy people, and it was always about, well, if I could just make one more dollar. Was it Rockefeller, the wealthiest man that ever lived? They said his dying words or his, yeah, I think his dying words, or they asked him, what would make you happy? One more dollar. One more dollar. Was mm-hmm. that him? I think so. And so I want to, I just want to treat others like Jesus. He's been so generous to yeah. me. He's lavished on my life. That's and so, so that's, that would be my tip is to live a generous life. What about you, Versailles? One tip. Uh, mm, pay it forward. Yeah. That's, that's mm-hmm. what my boss does. He told me to pay it forward. That's what I do. Even the freshman, I try to grab freshmen. Pay it wow. forward. Even if it's, you know, it's not much, pay it forward. Yeah. That's good. Man, and you think about it, how That's much good. gas money and tip money they're going to be saving because the job is saving <laughs> all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, how much did you, them. don't you pay him $20 in gas? I've been down that road. No, no, no yeah. Like even, there's some students or some people, whenever uh, they'll say they, they're about to go somewhere and uh, pay this much money for something, yeah. I'll just be like, nah, just, just come chill with me for a little bit. You know, I, was like, I ain't got, I ain't got a lot, but. Just come save your money. Just come wow. chill with me. And then eventually I'll end up talking to him about some, or giving him some kind of wisdom. Look at you being Kobe. Then, Look at you. Basically. Hey, yeah, right? Basically, yeah. <laughs> Be a Kobe, I guess. Be a Kobe. <laughs> um, that's powerful, man. Yes. I, I would say don't start tomorrow. It's always tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tomorrow never comes. Start now. Mm-hmm. Don't don't wait till like you know it's like the the diet always starts on Monday and Monday oh, never yes. comes right. No, don't start till tomorrow. Mm-mm. Start now, mm-hmm. like literally just start now. Start teaching your kids now. Mm-hmm. Start studying it now. Start learning what it is now. Start dreaming now. Start saving now. Start mm-hmm. giving and blessing now. Don't wait. Start now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you won't learn it right. I won't learn what it is to give ten percent of a hundred if I'm not willing to give a ten percent of one. Mm-hmm. That's true. And people are like, well, I'll give it when I have it. No, you won't. No. Yeah. You'll you just get more stingy. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. learn it now. Learn what it is to bless that now. Right? Right. And so, I appreciate you guys coming. I think another thing. Sorry. Oh, to, no, don't apologize. The, Come on. Uh, to, uh, to write it down. Because, mm. like, a lot of times I even, what made me do this was just because I was, guess I, I guess I was being, uh, at a lower self-esteem one day. And one of my my roommate was like, "You get you a dream board, write some stuff down." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I wrote some stuff down, just random stuff. Mm-hmm. And then one day I was like, "I'm actually go through this and see if I how close I am That's to any good. of this." So I actually went through it and I realized that you know out of a hundred things, I already crossed out like two or three. Wow! And so I was like, already it just made me feel yeah better, and it made, it motivates me more. So I say, write it down if you can. Because people That's have forgotten good. what it is to dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they no don't know how to dream anymore. I mm-hmm. agree. I would, I, I would love to talk to my alternative school kids and I'd be like, "Hey, what are you gonna do?" I don't know. 
Because all they're thinking is the next day. That's true. No, 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 no. What are you going to drink? What, what? And they're like, man, and they don't know that language. Mm -mm. They don't know how to dream. And no. writing it down is huge because yeah. then all of a sudden it challenges you. Where am I on this? Yeah, that's exactly what it did. Where am I on that's this? Exactly what it did. Mm -hmm. Man, that's that's really good. Now you got me wanting to go home and write some stuff down. I'm gonna be like, hold on, I want a dream board. I want a yeah. dream board. You, you, you should you should see dream. You should see if you can actually fill it out. He gave me like this. It's there's a, a hundred. Yeah, a hundred lines. Try to he's like try to fill it out. out. Cool. I, I dare it. you. I, I, you probably ain't got a hundred off the top. And I was like, all right, let's see. So I started going. I was like, I said, like, okay, I think I'm at like fifty. You start making stuff up. Yeah, like, you start oh, making man, stuff up. Like <laughs> and then, and then it also brings you to reality, because mm. I'm like, I was going all big. I'm like millionaire. You know, millionaire. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The biggest house. Yada yada yada. So then I was like, hmm. Maybe I need to. What about some ones I can do before that? So it's like before millionaire, I was like, yeah, let's make, let's have a thousand dollars. Let's be a thousand there. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's be a thousand there. Before you get a house, let's get an apartment. Yeah. Don't forget you got to get a car. Let's, let's do car. Start and looking at the steps. Yeah. So then that makes me, yeah. it brings the reality. Because then all of a sudden, Good. if you just have that mountain in front of you and not know one step starts you on that, then yeah. you'll feel like a failure because you never touched it. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I, I wanted a mansion. I was like, what am I going to do? If I were to get a mansion in Seguin, it can't be close to Walmart. Yeah. And I forgot to put car on my list at the time. So. Yeah. What you going to do in a house you can't go nowhere from? Yeah. I'm going to ride the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I live in a to whole mansion. mansion. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's what's so good, too, because it's you should dream and have practical dreams, too. Yeah. You know, and dream crazy. Dream big. Yes. Yeah. No doubt. Dream big. But then also dream small. Like checkpoints. Checkpoints. Checkpoints okay. to win the game. You yeah. know, like it's. Like th there's dreams of people sitting there. Like um, we we used to do this all the time in, uh, at the gym. People had these big dreams. And I'm like, what's your one week dream? I'm like, man, I'm like, be here every day. Yeah, you ain't gonna yeah. have this huge thing. Give me five days in a row that you show up and you're on time. Mm -hmm. Well, oh, I want big stuff. I get you want big stuff. Let's let's accomplish this first. Good. Let's yeah. get that down first. People are like, Mo, I want a mansion too. Okay. Start living off eighty, mm -hmm. right? Start mm -hmm. start living off eighty. Start start trying to start doing those things. That's good. And a lot of people absolutely have no idea where their money goes. We've counseled no. a lot of people financially, and they would let us into their personal budget and mm -hmm. finances. And so the next week we'd come in, and I'd have like so much money on a plate, and I'd push it over to them. I said, go ahead and eat that. I, we're going to wait for you to eat that. And they're looking at me kind of like you're looking at me like, what? But we said, you ate $375 last month at McDonald's, Burger King. You know, we had figured up how much they had literally eaten. Mm -hmm. Well, you take a $10 bill and stick it in your mouth, and I tell you, it becomes a reality. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah, the problem. No Most people are <laughs> poor, but they don't know why. It's not necessarily a money problem. It's a management problem. Mm -hmm. Because I can manage well, just mm -hmm. like you have learned to. You know, if I want two bags of chips and a soda, mm -hmm. I manage on that $5 or otherwise... You know, you go in the hole. So I think the key 
to finances is knowing where your money's going. Write that down. You know, mm-hmm. look at it on paper. My, they, they were always floored yeah. at the amount of money they spent recklessly. They, ha- they would have never believed us if we said, you're, you've got too much entertainment and food in your budget. You know, I mean, you know, eating out food, not yeah. like good food. Yeah, you could have had half of that with a grocery bill. You know, you could have spent half that and then the rest of that. Could- yes. Yeah, and yeah, most yeah. couples we counseled with, that we found them 500 extra dollars a month that they had no idea they had. They would have never, be- well, that's a car payment yeah, or an apartment payment, a small apartment. So you're right. Write it down and find out it's where you your money's it. going. No, we no. used to do that at the gym. I'd tell people, they're like, I just don't know why I'm not losing weight. I'm like, write down everything you eat this exactly. week. Exactly. They're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I ate all that. <laughs> yeah, you did. In, in, in a day with credit cards, go back in your statements and highlight. Yeah. Do one color or highlight all your fast food. Change the color. All your bills. Yeah. What color shines the brightest? And you I was going to say that, too, with money. I didn't – my – my savings went up when I quit going out to fast food. I started yeah. like there you go. for myself. Uh-huh. And I'd be like, all right, I'm a consistent person. If I could spend just about 200 a month on groceries, you know, because I do eat a lot. Yeah. If I could spend about 200, I don't need to go to, to Walmart or to no. uh, fast food and all the other places. And then on my money, I was just like, man, why haven't been doing this? Yeah, no, exactly. yeah. Exactly. You yeah. found your money. Yeah. You found your money. No this doubt. is good stuff. Hey. Thank you for joining in. Appreciate you guys so much. No this doubt. has been good. I, this it's has been, been fun. You guys, yeah, I low-key forgot we was recording. I know. I know. I, <laughs> well, we've had to keep pushing it back because life has been happening. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Hey, but but this is the thing. I appreciate you coming out here, man. Oh, of course. Thank you so Absolutely. much. It's an honor to have you at our table, brother. It's an honor to be here. Man, it's good stuff. And thank you. Love you're an amazing it. co-host. Y'all keep yes, me young. Wow. You're oh, awesome. It ain't hard me, when you're 47, give me that girl. Young energy. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs> we love you guys. Thank you so much. Bye.